Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Hey, we've been doing a great series called Infinite in January, and a couple of weeks ago, um, Pastor Paul was talking about making it a year of living dangerously. You know, perhaps a little less Miss Doubtfire and a little more James Bond this year. Like, do something bold, go for it. Ha- take a risk, have a crack, you know, that, and that was a great message. And if you missed it, um, you can jump on iTunes and find it and listen to it and catch up. And last week, Pastor Mel was talking out of the story of Ruth, and she was talking about um, hanging in there, keeping the end goal in mind and in sight, and not letting go of it, no matter what storm is happening for you, making sure you know what the end goal is and keeping it in your, in your vision. And uh, it was called Stay the Path, and you can also download that one and have a listen if you want to catch up. Um, I was thinking about that message about Ruth afterwards, and I was thinking, wow, that's just like Esther, and it's just like other Bible heroes of mine, where, you know, we, we sort of follow her story until she's about maybe 30, in her 30s, a beautiful young woman in her 30s, and then the mission is accomplished, and the Bible is finished with her, and we move on. What happened to her after that? You know, there were like decades of significant moments, and family, and building of legacy, and all that sort of stuff that's not mentioned, but there's a, there's a sense of mission short, medium, long term, there's a sense of what's the goal for now. So I sort of really wanted to talk about um, vision more in that sense today, like a a two-year plan, a five-year plan, not necessarily something you're going to lock in and do for the rest of your life. That sort of feels so heavy sometimes, doesn't it? You know, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Just relax. Let's think about what could you do for the next two years? You know, what, what might take six months, but, you know, you could you get it in you, you get it stuck in here and you want to do it and you get your hook into it and six months later, hey presto, mission accomplished. That kind of vision. Um, I want to do it, so let's call it project-based vision. Project vision, yeah. Uh, And I want to finish off by talking about how we can stay up instead of going down when we're partway through. I'm using Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a really short book in the Old Testament And I recommend that after you've listened to me preach about it, you go straight home and read the whole thing. It's very short. It won't take you very long. Um, I'm sure you'll be very curious because I'm just going to be able to brush through it quickly. Um, But in chapter 1 of the book of Nehemiah, it starts, it sets the scene. Nehemiah gets some news, some news from home. Um, Something comes to his attention and that is back home where his people are from, in his place, things are not great. The people are in trouble, the city's in ruins, the walls are broken down, and he gets this news. The way he reacts is he cries his eyes out and he gets down on his knees and he prays passionately. And he thinks, I've got to do something about it. My question to you today would be, what is it that moves you like that? Because I think we've all got something that kind of bothers us, that something's gone wrong when, when I can just wander down to McDonald's and buy food, but there are people in the world who are starving. You know, maybe that's the thing for you. You go, that's, I've got to do something about, maybe it's 
um, poverty. Maybe it's the fact that some people don't have access to clean water. For me, one of the main things that I've got a real problem with at the moment, I think it's something gone wrong in the world and it needs to be fixed. And I'm doing my part and encouraging other people to join in with me is young people are taking their own lives. I'm not happy about it. I'm not satisfied. I'm not going to leave it the way it is. So I'm doing something about it. I'm encouraging everyone I, I can to join in with me and do another part of it and be a part of the solution. So there's, sometimes things come across... You weren't aware of it before. It, come, it comes to your attention and you go, oh, that is so wrong. I've got to do something about that. So one way to, the reason I'm talking about all of that is one way to find out. Some people go, what should I do with my life? Well, one way to find out is what bothers you? You know, if, and if, if nothing bothers you at the moment, pray and ask God. And sure enough, something will come across your path and you go, wow, that really bothers me. Thank you, God. I think, wow, and, you, you know, and you'll start doing something about it. It may not be what you do at the office at, at work all day. It might be something you do after hours where you pursue something else for a couple of hours a day because you're so driven about it and it's wrong and it's got to change and you know, something's got to happen. Someone's got to do something. Well, that someone is you. Um, movie makers and authors love this idea, don't they, of emotionless stuff like a cyborg or a robot who doesn't get human emotion. Anyone seen the Terminator movies? You know, when he's talking, the kid's talking to the robot, and he's saying, so, what do you like to do? I don't like anything. <laughs> right, so we're sort of nowhere. Okay. And it really reminds me of some teenagers that I deal with every day. <laughs> okay, out of the 15 things we did in the last two weeks, which did you like the most? I didn't like any of them. <laughs> Can I check your pulse? Come on. Get excited about something. You know, to be light in this world and to be salt and to represent God, we should be the most enthusiastic people in the room. We really should. If we're working on a project, we should be the person who's going, who's got that quiet confidence, who goes, no, no, we're going to keep going with this until we, we kick that goal, till we get that done. You know what I mean? Don't, you don't have to be an extrovert about it. I am, but, you know, you don't have to be. Enthusiastic. Enthuso. Filled with God, it means. The origin root word of enthusiasm. Let's be enthusiastic this year. Do you want to? Let's be enthusiastic. All right. Well, Nehemiah, back to good old shortest man in the Bible. Nehemiah. He was only about this big. <laughs> Depending on who you are. <laughs> if you're my nephew, he was only this big. Um, he had a good job, right? He had his golden handcuffs on. He had, he had his superannuation plan all set. He had stability. He was really important. He was a cupbearer to the king, the Bible says. So he didn't need something new to do. Not exactly. He was set. He was fine. Um, and he was also serving a, a wicked king, a very worldly, very carnal king who didn't have the same moral compass as him. So Sometimes you find yourself in that place at work, don't you? Sometimes you find yourself serving a supervisor or a CEO or somebody and you go, I don't really agree with the way you live your life. I don't really respect you very much. But you know what? You can serve them faithfully regardless. If he could serve King Artaxerxes, well, woo! You can serve anyone who's like a 15th of as bad. A 15th, I swear. 
Serve your leader faithfully, whether they're a Christian or not, whether you agree with them or not. Seriously, God will bless you if you do that. Um, (laughs) You serve your boss faithfully, definitely, Paul. (laughs) Okay, this this thing for... for Sorry, back, 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 come back. This thing for Nehemiah um, wasn't... It didn't come to him in a dream while he was asleep, right? It didn't come to him in a in a trance, a, a picture vision during a trance during the day. It wasn't anything as spectacular as that. It was just what's bothering you and I've got to go and fix it. And that's valid. It's a valid kind of way of receiving vision. Um, the end of his prayer, the end of chapter 1 in verse 11, it says this. Give your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man. You know, your success will come with the favour that God gives you with certain other people. You can't do it on your own. No man's an island. Get to a life group. Come to church. You know, like, your success is tied up in other people. And if you get favour with the right people, you can do any project you have in mind to fix any problem you like. If you go, oh, this is the problem, and but what I'd really my my pipe dream is to run a huge summit on homelessness, but I just don't have the resources because I've only got this much budget. But you go to a CEO sleepout like my wife does, and you just all you do is talk about what you're passionate about, talk about the problem that needs to be fixed because that's what you're obsessed with. And the people you're talking to say, hey, you should talk to this guy too. And they're all shuffling over in their sleeping bags and having this big conversation at the CEO sleepout. And because of that. Someone from a big firm says, hey, we want to give you some pro bono work. We'll make a donation five times your budget so you can run this homelessness summit properly. That's what happens when you find favour with the right person. You get success. Awesome. Wouldn't that be amazing if that happened for you? You think, this is what bothers me. Is something troubling me? I want to make a difference. And you're talking about it at work and your boss says, hey... I'm all in. What do you need? Oh, you need um, every Friday afternoon off for the next four weeks so you can do those face-to-face meetings. Done. Oh, you need to use our, um, our resources to send emails and stuff. Do it. Imagine if your boss just went, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll help you with that. That's favour with the right person to help you succeed. Um, Nehemiah has got the vision statement ready to go because... Uh, in chapter 2 and verse 4, God actually answers his prayer and the king says to him, what do you want? What do you want? Something's troubling you. Something's up. Oh, this is what's troubling me. All right. What do you want? You've got to be ready for that question. Imagine that. Imagine if some serious power broker in Canberra comes up to you and goes, yeah, I really believe in what you're doing. What do you want? And you're not ready. You go, uh, uh, can I get back to you on that? It's not very compelling, is it? Uh, I'm not sure what I want. <laughs> you better be sure what you want, and you better have it real simple. So Nehemiah answers, we're going to build a wall. <laughs> That's his vision statement. He wants to go back home and rebuild the city walls. We're going to build a wall. 
And the king doesn't just like the idea, he loves it. And he says, not only am I going to support it financially, but I'm going to tell all the neighboring nations that I've conquered to give you resources and stuff you're going to need to build it. And we're going to make the Mexicans pay for it. (laughs) For real! It's in the Bible! Not only that, not only did he say, sure, you can do it, take time off, no problem, sure, I'll get resources organised for you, he also gave him a letter, roll it out and show it to anybody who confronts him, if you touch him, you deal with me. That's what the letter said, King Artaxerxes signed at the bottom and they'd go, ooh, okay, okay, it's all right, no, I didn't mean any offence, and you know, let's just give you anything else you might need, favour, favour can be powerful. All right, when he got there, Nehemiah went and had a good look for himself. He walked right around the wall. Would have taken a while to walk around a city. Walked right around the wall and had a good look for himself. And sometimes that's what you've got to do. You've got to go right to the coalface of your organisation and say, what is happening? Exactly how bad is the problem? Can we detail the problem? Can we figure out what the problem is? How bad have things got? What are we dealing with here? You can't fix something until you know what it is. So, you know, Undercover Boss, that show on TV, Undercover Boss, you get the CEO who puts on a regular uniform and goes and serves people at the front counter and gets bossed around by the supervisor because nobody knows who he is. And then later in the show, after he's gone, oh, that's what the problems are, gone back to head office and fixed everything, then he comes back in his suit and goes, and actually I'm the CEO, and they go, oh, my gosh, or something like that. Drama, TV's all about drama. Drama, drama. Um, All right. So he checks out how bad's the problem and then he casts the vision to the people who are with him. And um, sometimes when you come up with a a great idea, you're living dangerously, you've got a bold plan, you say, here's what we're going to do. People go, (laughs) come on, man. Be realistic. Seriously. You're not going to do that. Let's try, let's aim for a tenth of that. And you go, wow. You've got to be careful who you share it with, and, and when you share it with anyone or everyone, make sure that you're ready and braced so that they don't take the wind out of your sails with their negativity. Wow, it's so easy to be part of the negative crowd in Australia, you know? So anyone's trying to do anything and you're like, ah, that'll never happen. Yeah, it's, it's such a luxury sitting over there doing nothing to criticise the one person who's trying to get something done, you know? So, so brace yourself, it will come, but when it comes, don't get discouraged. Have your bold plan and be ready. And just be resilient and go with it. Sometimes I get favour at work and it doesn't go down well with my co-workers. They don't like that the principal likes me. They don't like it. They get jealous. I'm like, the only reason she likes me is because I'm not like that. Not like you. You know, like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't care. I don't care if she spends time with me or not. She just wants to because I'm not like that. All needy and clingy and horrible about it. So get less like that and, you know, everyone will be like, (laughs) don't even know what I was saying there. Okay. All right. Um, All of chapter three of Nehemiah, we're just sort of moving our way through. All of chapter three is like an itemized list of the families who are building the wall. So you had like the marshals are building from here to here. The gildings are building from here to here. Family number five is building from there to there, etc. And, oh, look, our wall meets yours here, so we'll work together on this bit. So everyone is doing 
the same thing. In this particular project vision, everyone's doing the same thing. You had goldsmiths working as stonemasons. You had priests working as stonemasons. And, and you also had carpenters working as stonemasons. They're not familiar with it. Everybody had to learn new skills to get involved in this project vision. And sometimes when you, something comes to your attention and you go, I've got to do something about that, you're working outside your giftings. Sometimes, for a short time, God asks you to work outside your comfort zone. You go, look, I'm not really familiar, but I'll give it a crack. That's all he's after. The grace on that thing was incredible. They started building the wall so fast, everyone went, whoa, what just happened? We thought it was impossible. It's already half built. They got a rude shock. For, to be honest, teaching is a little bit outside me in that to, to just you know, be creative and come up with 50 new ideas a day and you know, games and activities and all that sort of stuff is really challenging for me and always has been. People say to me in, in the middle of a meeting, so what do you think about that? Quick, give me an idea. And I go, uh, deer in the headlights, uh, can I think about that for 24 hours and get back to you? Luckily, most people say that's fine. But a group of 25 teenagers don't. <laughs> There's no mercy. <laughs> anyway, I'm learning and growing. And boy, don't you learn and grow when you get in, into a short-term vision with God. He'll just take you places you didn't think you could go. <clears throat> they get a bit of opposition. Once people realize, hey, hang on, they're building the wall and it's actually working, there's a bit of opposition. And don't be discouraged about opposition. Sometimes it's just the confirmation you're on the right track. All right, here we go. Chapter 6 and verse 3. So they're making incredible progress. The wall's half built, but the gates aren't in yet. And the local neighbours, the, the kings who'd been going, ah, he's nuts, he'll never build it, are now going, hang on, hang on. And they get worried, so they come to the outskirts of the town and they send him a text. Hey, come hang with us. Over here in the fun zone. It'll be fun over here. Come hang with us. And he says to them, he sends them back, with an emoji, sad face, I'm carrying on a great project. Let's not forget, what I'm doing here is significant. It's important. It's important to me, it's important to others, and I'm serious about it. I'm not just fiddling around here. I'm here for real. Let's get that perspective right. I'm carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. You want me to stop doing this great project and come down. I can't go down, sorry. I'm going to stay up. That's the message he sent back. Ever got a message? Right in the middle of a uni assignment? Hey, come hang with us at the mall. You're like, that sounds really fun. Heaps more fun than what I'm doing now. But oh, I should stay and finish my assignment. I should stay up here. I can't go down there. Or when you're kicking goals at work and, you know, you're only partway through the project and someone wants you to come and kill some time doing something other thing and you go, oh, that seems really appealing. You know, I'm carrying on a great project. They're local kings who are asking. They're kings. They're really important people. Maybe sometimes the thing that, that gets dangled in front of us to distract us when they're in, in the middle of godly vision is, um, you know, we want someone to stroke our ego a bit. Mostly men I'm talking to right now. I know what it is. Don't worry. I've got a big one. Um, you know, we want, we want 
to look important by being seen with the right people. If I'm seen at a cafe with him, you know, there's nothing better. You go to a cafe with some really important person sitting there with the chief minister and someone walks in who you know and you go, beauty, not only am I here with him, but they saw me, that's awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Just the, the self-aggrandizing, preening, ego-boosting stuff. That can be nothing but a distraction. Don't go down. Don't go down there. Stay up here. Keep doing your thing. You got your thing. You're doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And thing, thing, thing. Awesome. There's a heap that, like, there's a thousand worthy causes. You know, they come and go. We have a hundred of them knock on our door a week saying, hey, another worthy cause. And we go, okay. I'm overwhelmed by the number of worthy causes. And sometimes a, a brand new thing comes and this is only six months through or two years through and you're not finished yet. It's two years through of a four-year project and it's starting to get a little dull. It's starting to get a little repetitive. You're, start, you're getting a bit bored with it. But it's a great thing. It's a great purpose. And you should stick with it. But a new opportunity comes. Sometimes a new opportunity comes. Oh, it's a bright, shiny, sparkly new opportunity. And you go, oh, that would be so much more interesting from the novelty factor Oh, this is so dull. My precious. No, this is so dull. Oh, but my brain. No, you should complete this. Complete what you're doing. But my precious. You know what I'm talking about? The new opportunity comes and it looks so nice and shiny and brand new. And sometimes you've got to resist that too. I can't go down. I've got to stay up here and complete this thing. A wall that's half built is not a wall. Unless your name's Hadrian. I like that people laughed when I said that. Some people know history. That's awesome. Speaking as a history teacher. We need discernment in everything we do, don't we? Wow, we really need to be able to pick the difference between things sometimes. We need to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit activated in our day at work. All day, every day, we need to be able to have extra guidance, extra wisdom. Um, it says there in, in verse 2, it actually says, but, you know, they, they sent and said, come and meet with us, but... They were planning, they were scheming to harm me. My question when I read that was, how did Maya know that? He didn't have resources, he didn't have any spies. How did he know they were scheming to harm him? Because he had the Spirit of God giving him counsel on the inside. And he went, that seems like a really attractive opportunity, but uh, 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 I just got a little red light about it. What's that? And you can have the same thing. In meetings, what's the agenda? What's people's motive? What's going on behind the scenes? You can have more insight, more and more and more, if you just invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Say, come, talk to me during the day. What's going on with that? The more you ask, the more permission you give, the more he'll talk. I'm not even kidding. He guides me all the time. So that phrase, come down, I cannot come down, in the original Hebrew, um, means to go downhill to slide back, to fall. So I am doing a great project. I cannot fall to where you are. It's a step down, you know, to spend time with the office gossips. It's a step down. Don't go down. Stay up. It's beneath you. As a child of God, it's beneath you. Don't even do it. I'm oh, talking about this person and speculating about what they might have got up to at the weekend and whatever. What a waste of time. Don't go down. 
stay up. So it's a step down to take your precious time and just go and use it to spend time with someone who's just going to flatter you. Just flatter you and flatter you and flatter you and stroke you a little bit. I know it feels good in a way, but you also sort of need a shower afterwards. (laughs) An emotional shower. Maybe not an actual shower. Um, it's, It's a step down to engage with the bitching and the backbiting and the criticizing the boss. It's a step down. Don't even do it. When someone starts with that stuff, just go, actually, I've got to go back and keep going with my... I've got to stay up, sorry. Send a message back. I can't come down. I can't come down, sorry. Whatever you've got to say to get, get out of there. Just get out of there. Back away. Cool. All right. You know when you're working on what God's put in your heart, you're working on your vision, and you're already on high ground. You're already... It's a lofty height to live with purpose. Like there's so many people I know who have no purpose in their lives. They have none. And they want to invite me to come join them. Hey, why don't you come down here with us where there's no purpose? And I go, I'm already up here living a life of purpose. Why would I go down there? Oh, come on. Stop being such a party pooper. Come and smoke some pot with us. Come on. Stop being such a party pooper. Don't be a wowser. Come to schoolies. You know, you spend a whole week and you don't even know what sober is. You know, Oh, look, there's a little bit of soft porn is just normal for guys. You know, I can't go down there. I'm already up here. If you're living with purpose, you're in the best possible position. Living with honour. Don't believe the junk that comes at you where the devil tries to trick you and is saying, that's more fun. It's not more fun. Just do it for more than five minutes. It's fun for the first five minutes and then it's just empty and lonely and horrible and you think, I'm trapped. It's not more fun. That's the biggest con job ever. But boy, he loves to throw it. So yeah, just give a big don't argue. This message came to Maya five times. Come on, come down with us. Sorry, I can't come. You know what a don't argue is in rugby? carrying the ball, someone tries to tackle you, and you go, and it goes slow-mo, and the person just drops like a sack of potatoes, and you just keep running, so you know, Maya, come meet with us, sorry, I can't come, come on Maya, come meet with us, sorry, I can't come, come meet with us, sorry, I can't come, you're just dropping, give a big don't argue to that junk that comes at you when you're living a life of purpose. Figure out what you're passionate about. Make a plan and go for it and be ready with your palm off. Get ready because opposition will come but it's not a big deal. And the temptation will come but you can, you can say no thanks. Send a message back. I'm staying up. Amen? Awesome. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you help every person in the room to discover passion that if they don't have something that's stuck in, inside them that they need to fix, that they need to do something and take action, that you bring something along, that you show them, show them what they're destined for, show them what they're wired up for and give them the tools to achieve it, give them the tools to pursue it. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.